So, I told the story in uh, first service, and I'll repeat the story because only, only good for one a, one a day. Uh, one of our deacons, Glenn Hanna, has a uh, nice horse, and he trained this horse when, when he got on the horse, if he said, amen, the horse would stop, dead stop. But if, if he said, praise the Lord, that horse would take off at a pretty good clip, a good uh, trot, I guess. So what you may not know about Glenn is he was one of these itinerant preachers. He was going from small town to small town on his horse, and one day he was riding along the Crooked River, and something spooked the horse. Now, that day Glenn had on his new cowboy boots and his Sunday go-to-meeting clothes, and he was pretty spiffy, and that horse was headed right for the river, and Glenn started to panic. He said, whoa, stop. Horse didn't pay any attention, and finally dawned on him. He said, amen. Horse stops about, oh, I don't know, maybe a foot from the river. Glenn was pretty happy, so he stood up in the stirrups and said, Praise the Lord! (laughs) Got to have a story. A very good friend of mine named Roger Wilson uh, shared with us that one day he got up to uh, give God's word, and uh, he reviewed his notes before sermon, or before service, he got in his car and drove to service and got up and started to look at his notes. They were blank. And Roger started to panic, and uh, the Holy Spirit said to him, Okay, Roger, who's doing this, you or me? And from then on, Roger said he does not use notes when he preaches. Now, there's a good news, bad news story here. The, uh, the bad news is... I use notes, and the good news is they're not blank, so I think we're probably good to go. Uh, let's talk about ministry a little bit this morning. Ministry really happens right out our front door, and uh, I'm kind of lobbying on the, you can go to the blank slide, please, kind of lobbying to have over the, the door where we exit the sanctuary a sign painted that says the church is now leaving the building. Because the church ain't this building, it's, it's all, of, all of us. So we don't have to travel. We don't have to go to Uganda or a motorcycle rally or Latin America. I'm just suggesting that we can do ministry out our front door very easily. So, pull some facts. Uh, Terry says I spend too much time on the internet, but uh, ministry is an activity carried out by Christians to express or spread their faith. Our instruction is the Great Commission. So, when we think about the Great Commission, next slide, please. It's the instruction of the resurrected Jesus Christ to his disciples. Very clearly it says, spread his teachings to all the nations of the world. And I read this morning in my devotional that we should pray for 
all the nations. And I was kind of scratching my head thinking, okay, Lord, does that mean the people who want to take away our freedoms? Yep. The people who want to destroy our way of life? Yep. Some of those are some difficult concepts. But it says all people. So as we think a little bit more about it, you can go to the next slide, please. Jesus told his disciples, all authority is given on earth has been given to me. Next slide. So, therefore, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. But it goes on to say that we should teach. Now, Jesus sets our example. And it says in Luke chapter 19, the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Now, in this, in this terminology, lost is not essentially me on my bike going down some road which I have no clue where I am and if Terry happens to be following me she on our uh, intercom lots of times tells me I'm lost well I'm not lost I just don't quite know where I am and I, I, I remind her that I've never been so misdirected that I didn't get her back home but in this case, the lost really means those people who don't know Jesus Christ. So if we talk about the what, the what is really sharing the love of Jesus Christ, I'm going to suggest this morning there's some ways uh, we can use as the how. And the how, I believe, can be summarized in four words, and I call them the four C's because... It's easy for me to remember. Uh, the four are, we've got to care, we've got to be creative, we've got to cooperate, and we've got to be committed. Now, one of my favorite Bible stories is about the four guys who were carrying their friend on a pallet to see Jesus. Back up, please, to the blank slide. Thank you. So, we don't know the names of the guys, the four. We don't know the names of the, of the man who was paralyzed. But we obviously know they had some motivation to, to get this guy in front of the Lord and Savior. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above Jesus' head and lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Hmm. So I'm thinking, can we as followers of Jesus Christ sometimes get more um, wrapped around the axle on meetings or programs or rules or directions or get wrapped around on stuff of this earth rather than spreading the love of Jesus Christ? Jesus, our Savior, set the example. He came to humanity to seek and save the lost. And he gave his life as a ransom for many. Many would be us. He's the way, the truth, and the, and the life. So I'd like to read through this passage in uh, 
in God's word. This is from uh, Mark chapter 2. When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors there was no more room, even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole down through the roof down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My son, your, your sins are forgiven. Some of the teachers of the religious law who were sitting in the house thought to themselves, what is he saying? Only God can forgive sins. This is blasphemy. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking, so he asked them, why do you question in your hearts? Is it easier to say to a paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven? Or or stand up, pick up your mat and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, and walked out through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, We've never seen anything like that before. Wow. What an amazing story. Amazing miracle, amazing dedication. Jesus knew exactly what the teachers of the law were thinking, and he called them on it. It's just pretty incredible that this all happened. So when we think about those four C's that I mentioned a few minutes ago, we really have to care. Now, we have to care about our friends, our neighbors. I'm going to suggest we have to care about those people who threaten to destroy our way of life. Obviously, these four friends carried or cared about the man they carried. Judgmental attitudes say we don't care. If we judge... We're sending a message that you just don't get it, so we don't care about you. So just because someone acts differently or thinks differently, does that mean that we don't have to care about them? I'll suggest that's not the case. If we judge too harshly, we're taking on the same principle that the Pharisees had. We have to care, and caring carries with it risk. Now, if we care about somebody and they trash us, it's going to hurt. We have to care if we're going to be about the business of bringing people to Jesus. When was the last time our hearts were gripped with caring and hurt to the point of tears? I don't know. So, first C is we've got to care. Second C is we've got to be creative. Now, these, these four guys were pretty creative. I can kind of hear the conversation where 
One of them suggests, hey, I got an idea. <laughs> That's redneck for idea. I got an idea. Let's haul our friend up, dig a hole in the roof, and lower him down in front of Jesus. And I'm sure the other three were looking at this guy like, you got to be nuts. And, and I'm thinking, well, what would I do if I'm sitting in my family room and uh, I hear something up on the roof and there's some guys digging a hole in the roof? I'd probably get a little excited. Now, we're not told in Scripture what the homeowner thought because that's not the important part. The important part is these four friends were creative enough to figure out a solution such that they could get their friend in front of Jesus. Can you just hear that conversation? The first one says, oh, we're going to dig a hole. And the second one says, yeah, you're nuts. We ain't digging a hole in the roof. And then they finally said, well, gee, what if it works? What if we do dig the hole in the roof, lower our friend, and uh, he gets cured? What if that works? So they thought about it a little bit, and they said, well, let's, uh, let's give this thing a try. So the third C is we've got to cooperate now. There's lots of stuff that goes on that we may not necessarily agree with. Uh, there might have been one of the four that didn't think this was such a great idea, but he got on board. So let's play a little what if here. What if the one who kind of uh, wasn't exactly on board said, well... Sounds like kind of a harebrained idea. Let's, let's have a meeting. Let's wait until a week from Tuesday when the, when the elders meet. and let's, let's get a committee going. and You know where I'm going with that. But they didn't do that. They didn't need a meeting. They didn't need a committee. They just jumped right in. So if we're going to bring people to Jesus, we have to cooperate with each other. We have to show our love for each other. The work doesn't just get done. And here are a few thoughts to keep in mind if, when we think about cooperation in the local church. Decide what your mission is and clearly state it. Realize it's going to take everybody to do it. Remember, we're on the same team. As I mentioned, cooperation doesn't necessarily mean we agree with every little tidbit of the action. It simply means we're going to cooperate to get the job done. We're going to cooperate to bring people to Jesus. And I can just see these four guys. They got their friend up on the roof. They got the hole dug. And the four of them each had a rope on the corner of the mat what happens if one guy says, oh, I'm done, I'm going to let go of my rope? You can just see the results of that. So the fourth C is we've got to be committed. Now, 
And, and what I say about commitment is simply this. Commitment is our willingness to do what we said we'd do after the heat of the moment. A lot of us can commit um, to evangelize or to serve at uh, an event, et cetera, et cetera. But what if we say, well, okay, I'm committed unless it's below 60 degrees or unless it's above 90 degrees or unless it's raining, well, I ain't going out in the rain. Get where I'm going with this? Yeah, we get excited in the moment and we make a great commitment. But the discipline and the true passion for Jesus is staying with it until completion. So, to kind of summarize, we've got to care for our friends and neighbors. We have to come up with creative solutions. And sometimes, in my experience, those creative solutions may not be a lot of fun when we're executing them. We've got to cooperate with one another, and we've got to be committed to share God's Word. So, I'm looking around here this morning, and I believe that uh, there's a lot of us that know that we know that we know that our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. But maybe not everyone. So, as we think about that, I'm going to suggest the decisions we make in this life are critical to where we spend eternity. The Bible tells us it'll be one of two places. We're going to hell or we're going to heaven. And uh, if you read Revelation, hell don't sound like a very good place to spend eternity. So as we, as we get through the, uh, the salvation message, all men and women are sinners and a personal relationship with Jesus is the only way to have our sins forgiven and be saved from hell and spend eternity in heaven. Now, uh, Mike Dutton, who's a CMA or here, uh, and I go back and forth, and I'm thinking probably in heaven on those streets of gold, I'm going to be riding a brand new Indian motorcycle, and Mike is probably going to be riding a brand new Harley, but... Uh, that's okay. If we receive testimony of men, the testimony of God is greater. For this is the testimony of God that, has, that he has borne concerning his Son. Whoever believes in the Son has the testimony in himself. Whoever does not believe, God has made him a liar. So that's, that's pretty simple. Point two, the way to salvation. Romans 10, verse 9 says, Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Sounds pretty good to me. Goes on in verse 11 to say, Everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. So that's really the salvation message in a, uh, in a nutshell. So I'd like to invite the worship team to come back up here.
point three. John in chapter five, verse 13 says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. And this is the confidence that we have towards him, that if we ask anything in his will, it will be done. So, this morning, if there's someone here who has some doubts about our names being written in the Lamb's Book of Life, there's someone here who doesn't know that they know that they know that the decisions made here and that relationship will lead to salvation. Please talk to myself, one of the elders, Scott's over here, or one of, uh, one of our pastor staff, and give us a chance just to uh, pray with you the sinner's prayer. So as we think about that most important thing, that most important decision uh, we can make, there's three things in this world that scare me. Number one is teenage girls. They just think differently, and that scares me. Number two is spiders. I hate them. Big ones, little ones, I hate all spiders. I'm not sure. Somebody uh, asked me what you do with a spider, and I say, well, I do my best to stomp on it or hit it. Or, and I, sometimes I scream and call Terry to come and kill it for me. Well... Earlier, somebody said, well, if you stomp on spiders, you, you don't stomp on the girls, do you? And I said, no, 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 no. In all seriousness, the, the one thing that really motivates me and scares me is this. Going to heaven, walking in front of Jesus Christ, having him say, well done, and then having someone that I know, knew here on earth, come up to me and say, Cliff, why didn't you tell me? That scares me. That's what gets me out of bed in the morning. So as we think about salvation again, if you don't know that your name's written in that book, come and talk to one of us.